You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, Johnson. AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California. This is AfterBuzz TV for Californication. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest Californication news and gossip. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can buzz us at 424-256-1729. That's 424-256-1729. And now, picking up where the show leaves off, and the buzz continues. Thank you, Sir Richard Wentworth. Um, How are you guys? This is Phil Svitek, and uh, for those of you who listened to us last season, I had to to get my other fabulous co-host of that season, Kevin Undergaro, um, he's he, uh, he had a great opinion last season, and I knew I had to get him on. Fortunately, he couldn't be in studio tonight, so he's calling in. Kev, are you there? Oh, yes, I am so here, so excited to you, be here. And I'm, so, I'm just glad that I'm doing episode two. Wasn't crazy about episode uh, one of this season, uh, but I'm totally sucked in now. Well, Very uh, excited. Why is that? You thought uh, it would. Are you seeing now that the stuff they might have implanted in episode one that may have seemed boring are now coming to fruition, or what is the reason behind that? Mm. You know, it was just a jump in time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I felt like you know the the, the baby, the, you know, Runkle's the baby's grown up. It was just I, I don't know. So much had had happened. I mean. Uh, that I didn't quite buy. I mean, even Runkle and Marcy kind of seem like they're rekindling, and and you know she's with the producer, and you know Hank, who was last time we left off, was very heartbroken over Karen, and now he's you know kind of okay with her, um, just falling all over this other guy, uh, and it, it's just really hard because we saw no, we didn't get the privilege to see any any arcs to mm-hmm. get us there. So I get like that, okay, so much time could have gone by and and this could have all happened, but as a viewer, it was just very difficult to see, you know, to jump into all these other relationships so far advanced and so far away from, you know, what we saw at the end of last season. I mean, he, him and Karen, he, it was very upsetting for him and, and for her. Uh, and as and the same thing with with Runkle and Marcy. You know what's you know, they were just, what, what's but, weird to me is that uh, you know I, you're you're breaking it down from a very artistic standpoint. Um, from what I've found on Twitter and things like that, um, is that people were surprised that they took that jump. They weren't expecting. It. It's weird to me because I mean I, I guess I've been spoiled in a way, but you know the, all the advertisements leading up, at least I thought were. You know, this is going to be three years from now, and uh, you know, at first we interviewed uh, Evan Handler, who plays Runkle at the Emmys uh, gifting suites, and he right. he made this thing, and you know, said that that's how the season's going to be, and we thought we had this huge exclusive, 
And lo and behold, uh, you know, that's how I found out there was so much advertising for this. And so I'm really surprised to see that fans are like, wait, it's three years ahead? But, um, but I guess, uh, you well, know... hearing th- about it's one... No, again, my point is this. So hearing about it is one thing, but, but, but I feel like what was abrupt was the fact that it was... There was no indication to me that, that this is where we'd be in three years. Mm-hmm. That's what was just, I think, hard. Well, uh, well, why don't we talk about uh, Runkle and his kind of world? As uh, last episode, they said it best. I think it was Hank who, who said it. You know, uh, Runkle's always good for a laugh, and he certainly is. We we've said that too. Um, and so, I love now that he has to instead of dealing with Hank, um, he has to now deal with his kid and what the kids cause and. and Ironically enough, there are problems that uh, Hank would probably get into too. Would you agree? I, 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 yeah, I think now that and that's what I'm saying. Now that I'm, 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 you know, the first episode was just kind of tra- traumatic, but now that I'm over that and sitting through this one, now that I'm in that world and I'm, I'm comfortable with it, uh, I just I'm back. I'm, I'm back in love with it, and I, and I love. I love Uncle. I think he's hilarious, and I mean, just the subtle comedy that he delivers, you know, for his little masturbation scene, and then he's still carrying the the uh, the paper towel he used to clean himself. Oh, absolutely! And as he's talking to the nanny, I mean, just hilarious. By the way, I loved how I loved how he actually was getting off to the fact that you know she was yelling at him. That to me was just so funny. Like he actually, oh yeah, that's what turned him on. Yeah, he's just so wonderfully sick. <laughs> it's amazing. It's just amazing how perverted and, and I, yeah, I love his character. I'm a big fan. Um, and I love how he, he's the sort of, despite the sickness, he's the sort of humane one in thinking like, uh, you know, you're searching for a nanny, and yet why wouldn't I be consulted? I'm, I'm the kid's father. You know, so so I love. There's a sickness, but but a humanity intertwined. Uh, well, you know, I mean, the fact that what's the kid doing? He exposed himself. It's just hilarious. Do Do you think he picked that up from uh, Runkle, or just everything? I mean, he's certainly what, the, the been exposed kid? to. Yeah. You know, I I don't know if that's you know who knows if they're going gotta go in that direction it's just, it's still it's, I don't know I don't know if they thought about it anymore than the fact that it's just very funny and again the Runkle character is so funny mm-hmm. that I don't think they're thinking very deeply it's just that he I just feel like he's getting us to laugh always the tramp stamp I wonder if like the writers have an inside joke where it's like how many episodes will they show the tramp stamp mm-hmm. but it's Runkle yeah now uh, he's, he's not, not to get into too much predictions, but uh, in terms of the new nanny that he sort of hires, or uh, hopefully is now hired, um, do you think he has a thing for her? Will it work out? Um, what sort of seeds did you see planted in this episode? For what? So what was- uh, for the the girl he hands his uh, his cum uh, paper towel to, and who doesn't know what it is, and then she uses it. And it's it's the girl, it's the nanny that worked for the girl 
And then oh, uh, yeah. now it works for well, him. Well, she looked at the, at the end, she kind of looked at the paper towel and was a little bit like, what am I doing? <laughs> you know, like, why am I wiping my face? But who knows? It could very well be like, why am I leaving this one sick lady to go work for this sick guy? Mm-hmm. Wow, you know? I didn't even look at it like that. The show's, the show's very clever. You know, Tom Capino, so, you know, we, we talked about me and Stu all last season, but, you know, very funny show, but for a very smart show, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I certainly didn't look at it like that, um, but I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm certainly interested to see how that turns out. Now, speaking of... Uh, oh, yeah, no, I think, you know, yeah, it's going to be a mess. You know he's going to hit on her. You know it's like it's going to make Marcy jealous, and, and I don't think you've seen the end of the, the, the blonde lady either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I certainly love... Every situation, I Runkle just so doesn't want to be in, and yet it just, obviously, it, it just fulfills another sick, twisted fantasy in his mind and that that in the end that's how he got to 100 i think you know it's just he all situations he didn't necessarily want to be a part of but he's like all right yeah let's do it uh um, I, I, I go ahead go ahead no it's okay i'm just all it's hard because i just continue to repeat myself and mark out on on Runkle because I, I i love him mm-hmm. i think he's great and like you said we met him uh last year at the the Emmys gift suites, and it was so so great to talk to him. And I, I had to ask him. I said, you know, are you and and Dave Dave Duchovny like super close? He's like, well, he's like, we're, we're friends. He's like, we get along, but it seemed to me like it 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 wasn't like that they were blood brothers. But he had asked why, and asked that, and I said, because your chemistry is so amazing. But again, it goes back to the old. Uh, the old story between Dustin Hoffman and Sir Lawrence Olivier, and it's a, it's a long story. I don't want to get into it, but at the end, Sir Lawrence Olivier had, say, had said to Dustin Hoffman, "Try acting, boy," and what it meant was, you don't need to be the character if mm-hmm. you're really an actor. You should be able to just act it. And so, uh, I think that's what goes on with 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 Evan Handler, who plays Wonkle, he's just that great of an actor that he's playing this comedic role, and he's playing, uh, he plays such a, a, a natural bond with the yeah. company, and of course with Hank. Uh, yeah. and, and when you meet him, he's, you know, he's nothing like, nothing like Wonkle. Yeah, I mean, he has such a, you know, what was, what was the funniest bit? I mean, his uh, wife was a scientist, right? Remember, like, the, the wife? Yeah, yeah, that that's what made it so hilarious. You know, he's such a quiet, nice guy. Yeah, that, that's where exactly where I was going. And, um, you know, if, if you watch that interview, it's such a genuine moment when he says, my inspiration is my wife or whatever. And uh, she's such a humble person. And in, in many ways, he is too, you know? Yeah. So completely yeah. different. So different. Um, speaking of, uh, why, don't we, why don't we get into Becca and uh, her sort of, her now boyfriend, which I said last episode, and, and I don't know if you'll agree with me on this one, but I said Becca has moved on from Hank and now uh, moved on to basically Hank 2.0 with this boyfriend, oh, and no, she doesn't no, know it. Uh, 100%. Yeah, 100%. And, and this, is, this is good writing because it's been proven that it, uh, there's a cycle involved when, when parents behave a certain way and raise their children, the children end up seeing that as like that they understand they understand that this this kind of love for this kind of person 
is the kind of love that you're supposed to have. Mm-hmm. So to have grown up loving Hank, then clearly she now loves Hank 2.0. Yeah. I, I um, Go ahead. He made an interesting point, though. Uh, Hank did. It was something about there's guys who do that and can't help it or regret it or... I forget what he said, and then there's guys who are just douchebags. And I think that this guy is Hank 2.0 because I don't think he's Hank. I don't, I don't think... I think Hank was a, was a dick who kind of fell into things, but do you think that this kid is Hank? Uh, I don't think he's completely like Hank. I, I let me ask you this: Did you, um, when they were at the bar together, um, do you think he, uh, the kid read Hank's book? Because for me, if he did, he completely misconstrued everything. Like he didn't get the spirit. You know, uh, Californication is, is to me about a guy struggling to basically find uh, his love for Karen, and yet through uh, whatever trials and tribulations, he just can't do it and most of them are in fact his own rather than uh, uh you know the outside world and you know i think some and I, I think for that was the justification in this kid to say to hank like hey you, you, you know you know what's up you got to live life um and i think he was trying well, to yeah, use his own words against him but he didn't get the spirit of what hank and really typical, writes and right typical young pun he just he like got the two-dimensional version mm-hmm. you know he he uh He's just basically using it as a rationale to be a dick and, and 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 not give a shit about anyone and be out for himself. Yeah. And, and can I add one thing? And I and I hate to do this because I know we're a super fan network. Go ahead. <laughs> not really crazy about the acting on that guy. All right. Yeah. I mean, I could see that. And hopefully, it'll improve because when when uh, the company plays it, it's so natural and breezy, and then again lovable because he has the advantage of his character's characters written lovable. This guy isn't written lovable. But I felt like he was struggling in this role. I think they could have cast it better. Mm-hmm. And maybe it'll get better as the, as the weeks go on. I don't know. He seemed, he seemed he was straining. Yeah. I mean, uh, you're much more better with that kind of stuff. Uh, for me, I sometimes put that side put that stuff away in uh in lieu of the writing and i i certainly loved the interaction with um hank becca and him at the college and uh becca use, using everything against hank saying hey you slept with uh I, f- I forget the whole laundry list of things and in comparison all this kid's done is sleep with uh you know uh, an undergrad student while he was a, a graduate ta so um I love how that's now going against Hank and you know, and being being used against him essentially, and by his own daughter too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. Were you... No, I I think you know, she had a great comeback and said, "Well, look what you did," and mm-hmm. when you were a teacher. Yeah. Yeah. So, which is which is true. But I think, you know, my, my Becca had a great point saying, you know, I know you're a, you're a jerk, but you're a good guy, basically, and and this guy's the same way, and I, and I want to believe her because she's a smart enough kid, it seems, mm-hmm. and maybe this guy kid will show that he has something redeeming, although I I don't think so. 
Yeah. I don't think he's going to show it. It was also interesting to see Karen know that she she knew to not like the kid, but she's really kind of like staying out of it in a sense. Yeah. Where it's like, it's it's weird. He's really on his own with this. And I don't know if I quite buy that. I also don't know if I, do you buy that her new husband or new boyfriend would be so, would hate this kid so much and so passionately? I, I guess at first it seemed like a stretch, like, come on, are you really going to be this much of a, uh, a step in father to cure this much Rebecca. But now that uh, I saw the whole episode, I guess I do buy it because the kid is such a dick yeah. that it's not so much Rebecca. It's just that the kid's such a dick. He just wants to whack him. So yeah. uh, I guess we should have a question. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I buy that, uh, that the stepdad feels that way. And for me, I guess the best way to describe Hank and the other and and Becca's boyfriend is Hank's a self-loathing artist whereas the other kids just a player. Yeah. You yeah. Know? And that Yeah, not exactly, not an artist, just a pseudo. Yeah. Just a poser. So, um and by the way, do you think he's, I mean, he's going to stay in L.A., don't you think, for the series, or are they going to take this bet? No. Do they end up going to New York? No, I don't think, I, I, I talked about this uh, on our last episode. I think uh, he's certainly not going back to, to um, New York. I think the burning down of his apartment was symbolic of the fact that, you know, as, as much as he says he loves L.A., uh, I'm sorry, loves New York and wants to go back to New York, um, he just can't. And he really is, uh, at this point, um, he embodies the spirit of California. You know, even down to the way he dresses. I don't think, like, if you know, w- what I think of a typical New Yorker, um, he certainly doesn't dress that way, doesn't look that way, doesn't talk that way, doesn't act that way. Um, you know, he's much more of the laid-back kind of guy. And when I think of New York, I think of fast-paced uh, city life, you know? And I don't think that's really Hank. And so, so the burning of the uh, the apartment in the last episode just solidified that, you know, in every sense of the, of the way. Um, and b- by the way, I loved. Um, I don't know if you want to talk about this later. Um, in 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 what happened with Sam and now his develop or, or Hank rather and his developing friendship with uh, Samurai Apocalypse, but I loved the line that. Um, uh, that the that the stepdad says to Hank and says, you know, finally, uh, I can't write. Do you, do you remember the line? It's the last line he says to Hank at at their place. Fi- finally, someone someone hated this guy uh, enough to do something about it. Something like that. You remember what I'm talking about? Who's who's? The, the, oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, the the kind of uh, the Karen's boyfriend. Yeah, I'm trying. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to read my notes, but um, it, it, I only was, have it paraphrased. It was some line, but it was very symbolic of Hank. Yeah, it really, it, it, had, it definitely was ironic and had a double meaning to it. Um, damn, I'm sorry because I, I wasn't able to, but I, I thought of the same thing. When I, I didn't know if I was going to call in and host tonight, so I, I apologize. I did, but I did. I thought of the exact same line, and the director had a great shot of. The stepfather's face as he said it with with uh, with Hank and Frank, and it, yeah, man, it was something that it related to Hank. Yeah, he finally got what was coming to him, and and it seems like this is Hank getting what's coming to him. 
he doesn't have Karen. He is is his relation is not only his relationship strained with his daughter, but his daughter is actually dating him. And Old Man Look at My Life by Neil Young was playing, which mm-hmm. of course is perfect because we know Hank is a classic music man, classic rock band, but also um that's what that song's about. It's just like, you know, it's, oh man, look at my life. I'm a lot like you are, you know, so it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, yeah, it was, it was all perfect. And I think that chickens have come home to roost, so to speak, for, yeah. his, for that kind of behavior. Yeah. And that's why I don't think, like, uh, going, you, you know, you asked the question of him going back to New York. I don't think he can because now, you know, he's got to, he's got to collect, uh, or, you know he's got to pay up rather for everything that he's done so and, and the world as it may be will not let him leave LA until he does so yeah uh, no i agree uh, i agree speaking of people that won't let him leave or, or do anything uh samurai apocalypse you just won't take no for an answer you're writing that you're helping me with this uh, movie that's all you're doing um, well let's let's you know give it let's little, little back up a little bit he's it's a you know, big coincidence that, you know, in this big giant city in L.A., Hank uh, has fooled around with his uh, girlfriend, gorgeous girl, great singer. I'm wondering, are they, is the show, they have to be cynical, is the show trying to break another star? I know last year all we did was spend, I mean, a whole season listening to Becca and her music, and I feel as though, and I'm hoping, they responded to fans who were like, okay, enough. Yeah. Like, we don't want that forced down our throat. Like, Becca's friends, making them into characters. You know, it's just... I mean, I hope not. not. I hope not. Um, I think with Becca, um, now that I look back on it, you know, uh, hopefully more wiser and older, but, um, you know, at least they laid out the groundwork for that to kind of happen. You know, she's always been a a fan of music. Um, Obviously, like, Hank... Hank is, um, so I could see that kind of being the natural thought. Okay, you know, well, let's give Becca and her band a shot at this. Whereas with this, you know, obviously it's a totally new thing. So I, I, I really hope, and I don't think they will go down that route. Um, and especially if after they did take that sort of heat, um, even though they had laid in that sort of groundwork as it may be. So I don't, I don't, I don't to answer your question, I don't think so. But um, why is, yeah, is that how you see either, it going? I, I think they're gonna. I think they 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 worked so hard to feature her singing the way she did sing. Well, you know it's who that is, though, right? No, it's it's Megan Good. She's uh she's from BTS of the Game. Ah, yeah, because but the game's big on AfterBuzz. Well, is. she's a gorgeous girl and she's got a great voice. So I just again I hope it just stays there and can we just stick to the story? I'm really not interested in promoting using the show to promote anyone else's career. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, it's it's interesting how I thought they were part of the Mile High Club and that they banged. On two instances in dialogue, it was, it, he said they made out. Well, if it, uh, so wait, um, you, you thought they actually had sex because uh, obviously that was broken up by the woman. The old woman who uh, who knocked she on the got, bathroom. Right, she 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 got in there in time. Yeah, okay. I thought they may have, they something had happened in uh, in enough time, but but, yeah. but I guess you know it it, it was kind of confusing um, for the first episode. I kind of had to re rewatch what it, what exactly happened to fully get that because 
it wasn't exactly made clear. They were kind of dancing around it. And, uh, I mean, I, I certainly don't think they sh- had to. You know, if they just made out, just say they made out, um, you know. But um, it, in terms of that relationship uh, with, with Samurai, obviously, obviously something's going to happen between Hank and Samurai because of this girl and that love triangle that the... Oh, it's going to go, yeah, it's going to be a clusterfuck, but but here, can we, well, I I have to say, I'm going to give a lot of credit to the to Tom Capinos, again, uh, for this. I cannot believe the boldness and the courage for them to portray Samurai in the way they're portraying him. Why is that? They are so... So, I mean, Phil, I was shocked about the. Sh- I thought the shooting in the in the uh, the recording studio product, in the recording studio. I thought they were gonna be like, ah, it's just ketchup, psych, white boy, like because white people are so scared of like mm-hmm. blacks, and, and we have all these like crazy stereotypes in our brains about them. And then the fact that you know to, that's so politically incorrect for today's television uh-huh. to, 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 to basically go and say, oh, yeah, so that's what blacks do. All they do is smoke weed, you know, uh, have big posses, uh, talk to girl call, call, girls and call them bitches, and carry guns, and play with them like they're toys. And when someone gets shot, it's like, yeah, get that nigga cleaned up and let's get back to it. I mean... And by the I way, I love the... I love the butler too. Like uh, you know, they got him. You got I him love it. I think it's hilarious. <laughs> a- absolutely hilarious. And that part I like. I mean, that part I. I'm not saying that's a encouraging. That's just happens to fall into like great comedy. Mm-hmm. I'm saying I, I give him credit for having the courage to to just say effort and 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 go with this character. And if it's a stereotype, which they're doing to to get laughs, great. Um, but I'm surprised. I'm so surprised, though, that they're showing uh, that they're portraying uh, a black. Uh, they're hitting every stereotype with him. Mm-hmm. So all the way to the point that he he has his boys rough up the boyfriend at the end. Oh, I, I know. handled your problem. I handled your problem. Now write my shit or something like that. Yeah. Um, which of course the problem's not handled unless the guy's dead. Uh, it's not going to stop this, as we know from what we'll talking about predictions. It's not going to stop. It's definitely only going to complicate things worse. But I'm just surprised, Phil, again, <laughs> that they're that they, about the character of Samurai. And, and by the way, I, I do, as the white butler, and I, I do love seeing Hank, who is like the angry, somewhat bitter white guy. And I love seeing um, his his black opposite. And as they're driving, and he's talking about how he hates rap, and and the black, and and Samurai's talking about how he hates classic rock. He he, and they both give their reasons. He's like, "Hey, that actually kind of makes us a lot alike," mm-hmm. which was kind of in a weird way, which I thought was very cool. Yeah, yeah, I I 100% agree. Um, uh, do you want to talk about the bar fight real quick? 
uh, you know, like some director, it's like, well, I love it. Like he, I like how he's like, what middle-aged guy, what middle-aged white guy, why, uh, what makes you think you can write a black thing? I thought that was cool. He did look like, he did look like the, beef, like every director I've seen that's worked, the white director that's worked in the hip-hop world. I thought it was great. You know, it was fun. Just another guy he asked and, you know, they're really laying it on thick for how much samurai is going to be violent when he finds out. Yeah. Because, you know, he's like, oh, he hit your girl? Yeah, smack him. Yeah, so, yeah. But I, I, you know, I think that's what that was there for. Um, plus, it's always nice to see him drive around with a shiner. And again, just to continue to put more pressure on your main character. Mm-hmm. So, but but I, I, I do, I don't want I definitely don't want to um, misrepresent how I feel about uh, about Samurai. I like it, and I I think they're very funny together. Mm-hmm. And I like seeing Hank in that world. Yeah, I think it's it's definitely like a fish out of water. So I'm looking forward to more stuff. I hope it doesn't become like I know we'll get into a prediction, but I hope it doesn't become um, you know he's like he's like I'm literally at some point doing this. Mm-hmm. I like the idea of him being involved with them, uh, just again for the whole fish out of water aspect. Mm-hmm. I agree. But uh, I'm ready for next week. All right. Well, uh, speaking of next week, why don't uh, if you have any last thoughts, why don't you go ahead and say them now? We'll go into a commercial. We'll come back with some news, and then we'll do predictions. Does that good? Yeah, yeah, no, let's let's go because I I, I want to. I know there's a great news bite you have, and 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 definitely predictions. I want I want to know what you think about um, where they're going to go with this. All right, sounds good. Well, we'll be back right after this. After Buzz TV. Hi, I was once like you, a lazy, angry loner whose only joy was watching TV and surfing the net. And like you, after I'd see one of my favorite TV shows, I'd be so excited and have so many questions that I'd actually have to talk to my douchebag coworkers about it at the water cooler. Then I discovered AfterBuzzTV.com. AfterBuzzTV produces after-show webcasts and podcasts for TV series of all kinds, like post-game wrap-up shows for all your favorite TV shows. AfterBuzzTV hosts are industry insiders who break down episodes of shows, take calls from fans, and interview cast and crew from each series with over 60 different after-shows, from Boardwalk Empire to American Idol to Vampire Diaries to Real Housewives and more. Now, after a night of TV, I can ignore my stupid co-workers, who I hate, and go straight to my desk and watch or listen to all my favorite AfterBuzz TV after shows and have all the TV fan interaction I need. Thank you, AfterBuzz TV. AfterBuzz TV. What do you want to buzz about? Welcome back, guys. Before I get into the news and gossip, um... I did want to say to our fans that are listening and uh, perhaps watching that starting tomorrow, all of our shows will stream live on AfterBuzzTV.com exclusively. Um, we'll put up a we'll put up a thing on all the other sites saying, "Hey, go here." But um, if you can spread the word, and in fact, you know what? That's all we want out of uh, this venture that we're doing with AfterBuzzTV.com. We love TV. Uh, we love talking about it. We know. You guys listening right now love listening to it. And so uh, if you know fellow fans, whether co-workers, family members, friends, 
um, just random people in the street. I don't know. Just tell them about AfterBuzz TV. Uh, you know, that's all we want. I'm sure they'll be glad that you did. Right, Kev? Well, you know, it's funny. We, we, we work so hard at the network. We have, I mean, over 150 hosts. And, of course, our immediate staff. About a dozen people uh, who just believe in this, who love doing it. I mean, um, we all love new media. And, and more than anything, we all love TV. And... And we're a great family, and we have a lot of fun. But at the same time, we're all working so hard. And, and many of us, I know, starting with you, Phil, who sets the pace, are working seven days a week. I mean, the only day when our programming is on Saturday, and even on that day, we're we're catching up. We're sending out emails. We're working on the website, uh, dealing with technical issues. Uh, we're building another stage uh, in Studio A um, just this week. And and yet, for all of that, we don't ask for much. We don't even give you, we don't even uh, weigh, weigh the shows down with commercial content. We, we basically throw up a, a one or two minute commercial advertising our own product, and that's just basically so we can give our hosts a break. But we do all this uh and, and we don't ask for anything in return other than for you to just tell your friends and your family um, and anyone else you could think of that might be interested in, in listening or watching. That's the biggest thing you guys can do to help us keep going. And you know, I don't know any other, other way to say it other than that, Phil, and how, how important that is, so, so much that would mean to us. Um, and thank you, say, Phil. And if you're if uh, if you don't, then you're not a very nice friend. You're really not, right? You're no, just not. because we're good friends to you. We're being good friends to you, and and we'd like a little bit of that love in return. Anyway, let's. That said, let's talk about uh, the news. Hold on one sec. This is the problem with hosting hosting your own show while you're trying to engineer. Afterbus TV News. Alright, alright. Hold on one second. Where's my news? Okay, so David Duchovny, you may be baffled to know, never actually thought about acting. Uh, he says, I never even had the wayward thought. It never entered uh, even my furthest reaches of imagination. However, here's how it actually did happen. Uh, he was at Yale University as a graduate student, um, and uh, he wanted to write plays, ironically. And then the thought came into his mind, well, if I'm going to write words for people, I should probably learn how to, you know, how that side of things works. And uh, from then on, it kind of took off. Uh, you know, he got his role on Twin Peaks, then Red Shoe Diaries. And then after that, obviously, the big one was X-Files. Um, he said, I was kind of blissfully overconfident at first. And I don't say that as a joke. I, I know I thought I was good, not great. Not in a conceited or cocky way, but in like a, yes, I can do this, you need to believe in your own self kind of way sometimes. And so, uh, you know, he, it, it's a great article. Um, it's on foxnews.com. So uh, you, for those of you who want more, check it out. But I thought that was a really interesting uh, little bit about him, you know? I think it's, it's very interesting. For me, you know what stands up the most, Phil? is the fact that he's a Yale graduate. 
Yeah, I mean, that's... It's, you know, to know that he's an Ivy League um, graduate. And, you know, the older I get, the more, you know, me coming out of a very small uh, liberal arts college that, you know, it's ranked pretty well uh, for the size of the school it was. But the more I'm, you know, I meet the, the kids from Wharton and Harvard and the Ivy League colleges, you know, the more I see how, how intelligent they are, how hard they've worked to get to those places. And I know a lot of these cynics that say, oh, I know kids who aren't that smart, they have family who them, and that's fine. But the ones I've met haven't been. And, you know, it makes a lot of sense that this guy would be able to do this. It makes sense to me because he does this role so well, but he feels like he understands not just Hank Moody, but, I mean, Hank Moody to the point where he also understands Hank Moody's, the intelligent side of Hank Moody, you know, how he is a really uh, razor-witted writer. Mm-hmm. And I feel, it feels like, it feels like Duchovny gets it. And and I and that's his intelligence. And again, just like Evan Hamlin said, it's just acting. Well, maybe maybe it is, but I feel I feel though he he's, he's it makes sense. He's a smart, such a super smart guy that he can get this role and do this well in the role. So, and sometimes I you know when I hear that, I I, I have respect for the company, but then at the same time, as a, as a filmmaker who you know works with a lot of actors. It's intimidating, you know, because they, it, it, for me, you know, who, I, I mean, I don't, I, I don't have that capacity. I, I don't think I would have ever, I didn't apply to Yale, I don't think I would have gotten in. Um, so, my, my two cents. Yeah, I mean, I, I 100% agree with you. Um, I think, at the end of the day, you know, anyone I think a lot of these people, um, th- the reason why they're so good is because they have that thirst to do well, and that's why they, um, you know, strive to find the best places out there. But um, anyway, that's kind of my two cents. I don't want to bore you with uh, that thoughts. Anyway, uh, so that is your AfterBuzz TV news and gossip for Californication week of January 15th. And uh, without further ado, why don't we get into some awesome... And now, your AfterBuzz Yes, indeed. And uh, so a lot of... Uh, why don't we start with you, Kev? What are your thoughts on predictions? Well, I, he's got... He, uh, the uh, Samurai's got a gun to his head, so he's either pissed him off and insulted him in some way. He says something about Santa Monica, like it was almost like a... I don't know, it feels like... Hank had a sarcastic remark and he got a gun pulled on him, but for all we know it could be, he could be play acting a scene from this script, I mean, we don't know. Yeah, I mean... We see, it'd be interesting to see. We, I, I, we know he's going to work with this guy and we know the 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 the, the, the cute girlfriend is going to hit on him because that's just the Hank movie, right? And we know we're going to have problems with the, uh, the boyfriend, Hank as I'm calling him, Hank from the par- parallel universe. Yeah, evil Hank. I mean, uh, for me, I don't think uh, I don't. Th- it's too soon for Samurai and Hank to go fully at it, as you said. Who knows what it could be? Um, I'm I'm reminded of the preview last week for this episode, and it was like uh, 
it was the shot of samurai yelling at hank like hey you messing with my girlfriend and you know in the context of this episode obviously it was just a joke but you know uh, from the preview last week it was like oh my god they get into it immediately and whatnot so so i no longer uh, knowing so much tv i no longer buy that kind of stuff i i know it's probably just gonna get brushed aside or whatever um i can't wait to see what Han- uh runkle and that whole plot line has in store i'm so excited to see the nanny now work um for Stu and, and marcy and runkle and just take care of this like i don't want to say demonic child but like clearly this kid I, I i love the way he looks it's it's like a runkle jr and yet you know he's internally must be already starting to get messed up he's three and a half years old or whatever he is and he's already masturbating in front of girls so uh well, n- not going down a good path you're right and he does he does kind of have a fun look to him he does yeah it seems like so it seems like you see um it seems it seems like you see it as as this is they're very conscious of all this. No, I mean, they absolutely are. And and from listening to you, you know, I I certainly don't see all the stuff uh, and I don't claim to. So, you know, uh, it just makes doing this podcast with you, especially and Stu from last season, really open up how great the writing really is, you know. uh, um, So, I mean, for me, I just I just enjoy the show and I love talking about it. But then when I think of that stuff, it's just really great. Um but uh, anyways, thank you guys for listening. Uh, Kev, do you have anything that you want to add before we head on out of here? No, I just I'm I'm back I'm back in. Like the first episode, definitely like was well was dramatic, but I had great great writing. I'm I'm sucked back in. I'm ready to go on for the ride, and, uh, and yeah, I'm excited. But but, now you so you got me sucked in. I know. I well, by the by the way, the show, now I'm sucked in. By the way, are we? Uh, for fans, are we ever going to do another field trip? Uh, we did a special segment last week, uh, last season, where we, where Kevin at least um, went off went and, and lived the Hank Moody lifestyle. Hank, yeah, are I went we... to be Hank Moody at the strip club, but that's when he was dating a stripper. I don't know what we'd have to do. Go to Compton. Maybe we'll go to Compton and work with a, a rapper. Oh, that doesn't sound as know. much fun. I figured we get the women. No. Uh, I don't know if I want to go yeah. down that route. Well, anyway, guys, no. thank you for listening. Once again, uh, all our shows starting tomorrow will be streamed on AfterBuzzTV.com. And from there, Woo. you can subscribe to any show you want, whether it's Californication, uh, some of your other favorite shows, and just to see what all, all the shows that we do. And, hey, we also have our schedule. So if you don't know when we air shows, now you'll know. Um, so please, again, tell a friend and uh, let us know what you think. I'm sure you guys have thoughts of your own. We'd love to hear them. Uh, maybe we can even share them on air, depending on time. Um, and uh, if you feel like calling in, I know we don't take a lot of calls, but the number is there, uh, 424-256-1729. If we can get to calls, we'll certainly take them. Um, anyways, on behalf of Kevin and myself, thank you. From producers Kevin Undergaro and Phil Svitek, engineer DJ Jesse Janity, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. If you have questions or comments, be sure to buzz us at info at AfterBuzzTV.com. And you can find us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter by searching for AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.